just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Show. I'm Chris McCarthy. This is South Coast Tonight. <clears throat> Normally I'm joined by Marcus Ferris, but Marcus Farrow. <laughs> Fer- Fer- Freudian slip. We, um, but Marcus is at, 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 a, at a wedding this weekend, so um, I'm t- doing solo tonight at 508-996-0500. That's how you can join me. Um, I was giving you some of the, uh, the background check on um, some of the uh, inmates who are suing you, the taxpayers of Bristol County. Um, because they threw a riot and they got they got pushed around by the guards, the corrections officers. <laughs> Let me correct myself. <laughs> we don't have that. We don't want to go south again there. The corrections officers over there at the uh, Bristol County House of Corrections had to, had to, had, to, had to do the right thing, right? Got them in line. So the um, now they're suing. They want ten million dollars. Why don't they just buy a lottery ticket like everybody else? Ten million bucks. Can you imagine that? You break into a country and then you sue them. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's it's completely outrageous. It's like I break into your house and I and and I burn myself drinking the hot coffee, right? So I sue you, or I stub my toe as I'm leaving with you know w- with a painting or or a vase, right? I got a hangnail while I was ripping your TV off the wall, so I'm suing you. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. We're glad to have the sheriff join us yesterday. The sheriff's always great. Uh, He's always great. 508-996-0500. There are other things going on. There are a lot of other things going on. The, um... Let me ask you a question. How do you feel about the economy right now? Are you worried about the economy? Are you worried about the price of gasoline? Are you worried about the unemployment? Are you worried about the inflation level? Do things feel like they're going wrong? Do they feel like they're going right? Are they all right for you? You know, what's the, um, what's the Ronald Reagan saying? The, uh, a recession is when your neighbor loses his job. A depression is when you lose yours. Does it feel like things are out of whack? I have to tell you the truth. With the exception of the inflation, it's very it's very difficult for me to tell, right? Um, I think things are pretty good. I do. I think things are pretty good. I mean, I think overall... Things are pretty good. The price, the inflation is bad. I get it. It's really bad. That's what happens when you print money. It is. It's what happens when you print money. The um, 
And I do believe the supply chain issues that came from the COVID situation, those are having an impact. There's no doubt about it that they're having, that, that the, the war in the Ukraine is having some impact. There's no doubt about it. But that's not the only thing going on. Look, Joe Biden and his administration, they want to transition away from fossil fuels. I mean, that's what they want to do. You can agree with it, not agree with it. That's what your election's for. He made, a, he made an argument and prevailed in the election. And the result is that, you know, they're trying to move away from fossil fuels. You know, the, the Massachusetts uh, legislature, combined with Governor Baker, have been working on bills of varying forms to get rid of the automobile, the traditional automobile. There's a plan in Massachusetts. I'm not saying like a hidden one or conspiracy, nothing like that. It's all been out in the open. Charlie Baker's in favor of it in varying degrees. Members of the legislature are in favor of it in varying degrees. To get rid of the gasoline-powered automobile. They don't want that anymore. Now, not tomorrow, but going forward, there is a plan. It's aspirational to get rid of the gasoline-powered automobile. They want it to be all electric vehicles. It's, it, that, that is a, it's, it's a written-down plan. That's a plan. There's an editorial in yesterday's Boston Globe about it. Folks, I'm not telling you anything that's not true. I'm not telling you something. I'm not telling you a, a left-wing or right-wing conspiracy theory. It's, it's, it's in the open. I mean, if you read magazines like Commonwealth, you know, which is a public policy, free public policy online publication. It used to come out in print, but it may, it may still come out in print. But um, this this is the plan. They they think, and, and look, they think there's going to be a time in the future when we won't need gasoline-powered automobiles. That they'll be able to have enough electric-powered vehicles. That the electric-powered vehicle will be powerful enough. The storage capacity will be sufficient. That you won't have gasoline-powered engines. You won't need them. Not only won't you need them, you won't be able to have them. Everyone will be driving an electric car of some sort. That's the plan. Now, is, is does it seem like a reasonable thing to do? It, it, it kind of blows my mind, the idea that there won't be gasoline-powered cars anymore. But that's the truth. That's what. Well, that's that's the that's the aim. Now that means how are we going to fund the roads? Because everything is funded by the gas tax now. If you're not using gasoline, what are they going to use? You know, Charlie Baker had a plan, and I was not a fan. Deval Patrick had a plan very similar. In fact, I think he advanced his in the legislature, which was to make your inspection sticker a gps basically and if there's anybody out there that knows all the technical terms that i'm saying them wrong don't don't call and correct me but like a gps okay that your inspection sticker would keep track of how many miles a day you drove or miles a year however you want to break it down and you'd and you'd owe a bill 
right? The same way that now you, you pay a bill every time you fill your gasoline tank up with a gasoline tax, right? That ultimately pays a bill for using the roads. You, don't, you might not think about it that way, but you pay a gasoline tax, and that's really a tax to use the roads. Because that's how we fund the roads, is with gasoline taxes. But if we're not using gasoline anymore, how are they going to fund the roads? They're still going to need roads because we're going to have the electric cars. are going to have roads. Um, need to, you know, have, need roads. I don't think we've got moved to the electric air car yet, right? And if you're driving an electric car right now or some hybrid, you're not really paying much in the way of road taxes. You do pay excise tax, auto excise tax. But you don't pay gasoline taxes or very little because you don't use it. But you do use the roads, right? You use the roads. Your electric car uses the roads. You're just not, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making you feel guilty. <laughs> you're just not really paying for the roads anymore. Now, I'm sure you paid for them your whole life until you, had, until you had the opportunity to have an electric car, right? All those gas taxes you paid, they're down there on the highway now. But you get my point. If you're driving a hybrid or an electric car, fully electric car, you're not paying gasoline taxes, so you're not paying for the roads anymore. But what are we going to do when there's no more gas tax revenue? And are you ready? So here's my here's my thought process. Before we all get gasoline, before we get rid of our gasoline-powered cars, before we all go to electric cars, the legislature better come up with a, a, a plan. And it's a lot easier to tax people on things they don't have than to tax them after they have them, Right? Right now, if they passed a tax on electric cars, you wouldn't care because you don't drive one, right? If they put a um, a tax on the kilowatts that, that go into your, I don't even know what terminology I use. I wish someone could call and correct me. I don't know what the terminology is for um, for the fuel in a, in a car, I guess the battery, whatever. It's not gasoline, right? Whatever you use, the electricity to charge the car. If they put, if they put a, a tax on that, which then was diverted to pay for the roads, well, right now, you wouldn't care because the majority of us aren't driving them. So, sure, whatever, set the tax or whatever you want. I don't pay it. Much like you hear Pete Booty Edge saying, well, if you don't like the gas, the price of gasoline, buy an electric car, right? That's how you avoid it. So, the legislature ought to get cracking here and get something in place so that we don't, we can't have a period of time where we're not collecting gasoline taxes, but we're all driving on the roads. It's just not going to work, right? Not going to work at all. 508-996-0500. As you can tell, it's kind of open phones. I'm Chris McCarthy. I'm here on South Coast tonight. Marco, Marcus is not here with me. Marcus is normally here. He's at a wedding tonight. I'll be here tonight, though, taking your calls at 508-996-0500. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Yeah, hey, uh, are you going to be all right? I don't know. You got uh, kind of short shrift there on that that call from the... uh... 10th Bristol candidate as a correction officer. I was kind of curious what he had to say about the situation. Yeah, but, but being about using the term, not using the term guard. That's what he, that's what he called about. Yes, it is. That's why he called. That's all he called about. I know because I can, I can read his, I can, what? 
Oh, okay, that was the only reason. I can thought, read. I, no, no, I, I can read his text messages. He was texting us before that, telling us you shouldn't be calling them guards, their corrections officers. Then he called because he really wanted to make the point. That's why he was calling. Wow, and so <laughs> you and you made the point. You made the point that uh, he's going to get smoked in the election. I mean, what are you a bag man for Strauss? No, but I've run for office before. I know what I know what it takes to win. He doesn't have it. The election is not till uh, the general election is not for another several months. Want to make you a wager on it? Want to make a wager? Well, who, so who are you rooting for? Are you rooting for Strauss or are you rooting for uh, No, Strauss? I like I Listen, listen. I gave Bob advice from the beginning of the election. I'm a lifelong Republican, man. I've run for office as a Republican. But I know that if you're not doing the work, you're not going to win the election. You know that, uh, right? He's, 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 he, well, of course, he's getting out there. You need some dough. You need some dough to to, uh, to beat this this thing. But, How much has uh, he raised? You gave, you, gave, you gave him short shrift. I haven't seen the campaign ever. I have. Of you. Yeah. Yeah. They're online. Well, how, how are you going to beat Strauss? Uh, you know, you got you to work at it, man. You got to work. I'll tell you what you don't do. You don't call up talk shows and waste your time trying to correct the host, on whether it's a guard or a corrections officer. You get my larger point, right? Was go work on the campaign. Go do something. You're sitting around your radio you right now. Him, you should have had him. You should have had him a pine on 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 what uh, Marco had to say, Marco, and 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 the validity of his lawsuit instead of just uh, you know. Ch chasing him down the, down the sewer there and then, and then insulting him on the way up and he didn't have a chance. You sound like a real Republican. You're really encouraging him. Well, I mean, look, I, I, I'm, I'm a Republican in Massachusetts, but it doesn't mean I believe in fantasies. Right. And what's, a, what's a fantasy that a Republican when you don't, can Listen, when you run for office and don't do any work, that's a fantasy. Why would I encourage that? I saw him out there getting signatures for the uh, thing just yesterday. For what? I mean, for, for the uh, petition for uh, the, the driving loss. Yeah, that, that, listen, I think I think that petition's a good move, but how does that help him win the election? Well, he's out there to do some stuff. People show up to stop and shop. I mean, he's trying. You say, I mean, you're you're just dismissing him as because he's not working. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. You following around every day? You know what he's doing? Yeah, man, that's what I do. How <laughs> you dismiss him like you do? Well, listen, I can see what he's doing. I can see his campaign finance. I'm not, I listen. I didn't. I didn't want to take the guy apart. You want me to take him apart? Really? I mean, you, you're actually. I think you. I think maybe you'd like me to do that. No, I, I was just. I, I was surprised that you 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 jumped down his throat that that quick and that and that abruptly. I didn't know the background. You didn't say that until I called up about the text. I. Right. I but you, you, and then the last thing you said was, you know, you're going to get smoked. Well, he is going to get smoked. Do you think he's going to beat Strauss or he's even trying? I think he is trying, yeah. I, I can't predict the future. You can't, really? He's, he's, got, he's, got, my, he's got my vote. I'm not, you know, hey, Strauss ain't bad, but 30 years is enough. Well, that may, you know, listen, that, that very well may be the case. The, um, the, uh, but you, you kind of can predict the future about elections, can't you? You can make a prediction, you know, sure. And you can generally be pretty much in the ballpark, right? It's not it's not like it's not like predicting even the weather. I mean, that I mean, really with elections, you can so you generally look you, at you, So you encourage no nobody to run against Trump. That's exactly not what I said, but continue. Oh. Great great I love how you extrapolated that out. Beautiful. Well, you you, you made a you say you can make a prediction. You so can you make, make a prediction. prediction. And, and so as the money is the money cycle headed we haven't even had the primary yet. 
Let's, let's see how much Squirrels has to spend on the primary. And you can read it right now how much he has to spend. Strauss has over a hundred grand. Right, and and so after the primary, when it's down to two names, then it gets interesting. What's interesting now? It is now, but when it's when it's, when there's nothing on the Republican primary to vote he has a, for. But wait a second, so so I thought you knew what was going on. There was a primary a for the Republican. There's a, Repub a Republican primary uh, challenge in the tenth pistol. There's two primary. There's two. There's the two guys took out papers. You you got their names? I'm curious. They, they're raising more money. They don't seem to be as high profile. They're not, they're, not, they're not doing anything. I don't see anything. That's my point. Do you know their names? I do know their names. Could, could you could you share with me? They're right there. They're right there on the on on the on the on. I don't have them in front of me to tell you the truth. I can't draw them off. Of my, you know. So I'll, I'll give you an example. That's the great. I, I couldn't even tell you. You know, except that I happen to know Bob personally. That's why I know his name, but I wouldn't couldn't tell you any of the candidates. The other candidate either it's the guy's a uh, chiropractor, I believe. Um, I couldn't tell you because when people don't do enough work, you know. And thanks for the call. You don't. If they do enough work, you don't learn their names. I mean, it's, it's not up to me to figure out what the names are. They've got to get it out there, right? And that's the way it works. If you're a candidate, you've got to like like Trapilio. I know who that is because he's working at it. He's working at it. Oh, there we go. Go ahead. Uh, so it's uh, Jeffrey Swift. Okay. According to Ballotpedia. Right. So, I mean, it just goes to show I've never heard of the guy. See? So, and also, just I just want to jump back to something that he said there. Like, you're not supposed to be here pushing for the Republican candidates that are running against Bill Strauss. That's not that's not what this is. You're, you you're commenting on things. Right. Right. And the other part of it, too, and Bob knows this full well. When you get closer to the primary, you don't call in every day and say, oh, I'm running for this, because that's right. just getting yourself free advertising for the election. And the more you do that, the more we're just going to hit that hang-up button. Right, right. I mean, like, we we have candidates on the air. We have them in it, it, it structured times. It, it helps with the audience. It, it makes it, a, it, makes it a, a better opportunity for the candidates. We just don't let every candidate call in willy-nilly. There's also what's called... Um, Equal time. We, we can't keep track of it. If everyone just is racking up time by calling in, it's just it's just not what's done. Um, and most people, again, who, who've been in politics know that. 508-996-0500. So we're, we're going anywhere. We'll go, we'll go anywhere that you want to take us. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Yeah, you were talking about electric cars or yes. solar-powered cars. And I can recall back, I was much younger, but when... Bill Clinton was president, they were talking about the same stuff. All oh, the future, it'll be electric or solar. Actually, they were talking more about solar cars. Back right. Then. And everybody thought it would, there were going to be solar cars. Then George W. Bush comes along, and we have oil wars, and everybody went back to the gasoline. So this stuff we're talking about now, about electric cars, two years down the road, might be scrapped. That's true. I mean, that, that, that's certainly possible. Um, the um, it is possible that <clears throat> that a lot of the um, the things that are being done right now are going to turn out to not work, right? But it yeah. just it just seems to me that, and again, I like my gasoline powered car. You know, I, I really uh, I'm not a, um, a a big global warming guy, any of that stuff. But I do like you know future technologies, and I find it all interesting, right? And the fact yeah. is, if, if you could if you can avoid um, 
you know, paying the high price for gasoline, things like that down the road. But I, I have my questions about electric cars in the sense that the battery life, I mean, there's a lot going on here. Uh, you're, not with the these. Only, you're not the only one that has those questions. Right. And we aren't ready or prepared for it yet. Um, I don't want to start ranting about Biden. I'm sick of hearing about him, but he he he, he doesn't know what he's doing. And anybody backing him about the electric cars doesn't, know what they're talking about right now they just they're just proposing this right. they have no idea what they're going to do so i could see this honestly especially if it's a change in party where republicans like oil so much they will scrap it so one, one of the one of the issues with um with electric cars right now is that a lot of it is um is um if I if I just hung up on you, sorry about that. Just call back. No, I'm here. Oh, you're there. Yeah, there. I think I might have called hung up on the other guy. So so um, I'm just getting my chops back here. So the um one of the one of the issues you may remember this a few years ago. If you bought an SUV, you got a hell of a tax break. I think it was about ten thousand dollars if you bought yeah. SUVs. That ended right. Um, I think yeah. Obama ended that. I, I don't remember exactly, but but you know. They play with the tax code to get you to buy certain things, right? Right now, the electric cars, you can get tax credits for that type of stuff. We see there's a lot of, lot of tax credits as it tries to steer towards electric cars, green energy, things like that. So you're right. A change of administration, that stuff could all evaporate. Yeah, definitely. But I, I don't think, um, I know everybody's worried about it. I know Barry during the day is going ballistic over it, uh, but... Honestly, well, I'm not worried really about don't... it. I think it could be. I think it could be an interesting development. I know people that have electric cars um, and then hybrid cars. I mean, I think it's fascinating. I, I just, I'm not sure, but we're, we're certainly not there technology wise. Honestly, I've heard yeah. hybrid cars are pretty good. Yes, I've heard that too. I know people have them. Why don't we just try to go by that instead of just talking about something we're not even ready or prepared to? We're not ready for it. We're not ready for electric cars. We aren't prepared. And it's going to take a long time than the time that Biden's planned on this all taking place. Well, here's the thing. I I think that most people ought to, um, and I understand why, I, I get it with the president, why you, you look at the president, thing, but I think this stuff's going to happen regardless of, um, of whether Joe Biden's in office or not, because I, I just think that's, you're going to have these developments, you know, the, uh, I'd like my electric car to last longer than Joe Biden, right? That, that, um, right? The, um, the, the the whole move in this direction, though, it does seem like that's the direction that we're traveling in. Now, um, yeah, but the, you know the Republican. You know I'm an independent. So right. I'm neither Democratic or Republican. But I'll tell you right now, Republicans love oil. They love it. They go to war over oil. What do you think we were in Iraq for? What do you really think we were truly in Iraq for? Oh, believe me, I, I was in the service for the first time we went. I know. I remember. Yeah. They, so they they'll flip it and. This will all be scrapped. I guarantee it. It, it, it happened before because Clinton was proposing solar-powered cars, and it was looking like we, was, we, we should have already had solar-powered cars by now if it went Clinton's way, and it didn't. After George W. Bush came in, we had the Iraq and Afghanistan war and all that, and everything was focused on oil and gas. And I noticed that's the first time gas well There was a crisis in the 70s where gas went up, that's too, right. but... Um, Bush had the gas prices rocketing too, not like this, but he had a pretty damn high. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Um, yep. Thanks, thanks for having Um, 508 That's how you can get through to the program. Um, the, uh, 
the reality of it is is that there's a lot of capital investment in electric cars. There's a lot of people involved in in building cap um, electric cars. It's not merely the uh, the Democrats, really. It's not. I mean, I know there's a lot of Democrats involved in that. And there's a lot of policy push towards that, um, but. You'll see that, that, that the electric car factories, for instance, the biggest one in America right now, Tesla's building, is in Austin, Texas, right? They're building an enormous electric car factory in Austin, Texas, right? I mean, you'll, you'll find that these electric car plants are going to pop up in red states. And once there's a financial interest, they're there to stay, right? Once you have a big auto manufacturer making electric cars, Ford makes a lot of electric cars. They begin to get a constituency, right? So I, I do think it's it's, inter- it's an interesting development. But th- but it, they do do a lot with the tax code. And I'm just telling you that the Massachusetts legislature right now is getting ready for a day when there will be no electric, well, there will be only electric cars here in Massachusetts. 508-996-0500. Kind of all over the place. If you want to give me a call, I'd love to hear from you. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Chris McCarthy. Hey, Mike. What's going on? I'm just sitting here in amazement. I don't think the gentleman prior to this last caller knows who he's talking to as far as how you look at elections. I've been around. Who's doing it and who's doing the work and who's raising the money. If Strauss has over $100,000, I don't care if he spends thirty. In the primary, he still got seventy to dump. In the finals, if he thinks he needs to dump that much money, and he's a chairman, so. he's a chairman. He throws a party, they flood the the room uh, with well, money. Well, of course, and then to, I don't even know what the conversation uh, is about because I missed Monday's show because I still am not in tune to turning it. In, on the radio at 7 o'clock at night yet. I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you so you put the radio on, Mike. <laughs> hey, I don't blame you because I'm like three nights I, I got it and two nights I'm in the La La Land someplace <laughs> wondering what's going on. Because <laughs> I don't remember. So, so we had the sheriff on the, the other night um, to, right. to talk about his lawsuit and then um, I... Um, I started talking about uh, who those guys really are, the inmates over there, who were suing him. And um, apparently one of our callers didn't like that I wasn't using the proper term corrections officer, that I was, I was calling him guards. And um, so, But he's also a candidate for office here in town, a Republican uh, candidate for office. And um, he, I just, I just th- said, look, I can tell what, that he's not raising money. You know, I, was, I wasn't trying to beat up on the guy. It's just I didn't appreciate him trying to correct me. <laughs> and maybe I'm a little short these days, right? Well, first of all, I come from the old school, and you know that. Oh, yeah. Those guys all worked, and they worked their tails off. And they also knew how to raise money. Right. And if you're not doing either one of those things, how do you expect to win an election when you don't have no name recognition and you don't have no money? Right. It's in, it's impossible to do against, like you said, a, what is he, a 30-something-year incumbent right. with over $100,000? And the days of, of, of old-style campaigning where money didn't matter, where you could go to the bingo halls and all that stuff, we don't have those anymore. You you no. better have enough money to buy radio and direct mail, or you're just not going to be able to reach the voters. The days are door-knocking, and they still work, but it's not like the old days. It's just not. So if you don't have that big 
easy. People don't go to the post office the way they used to. We don't have all that stuff. No. So if you don't have the money, if you don't have the money, you're not going to make it. Hey, listen, I come up in the old school. I don't I don't want to repeat myself. Sparky Goyette, George Rogers, those guys. Those guys knew nothing more than go out and get the vote, talk to the people, uh, raise the money, and just work outwork your opponent. And we had a guy do that in 2000 and, what, 19 or 20? I forget already. And Chris Hendricks. He, door to door, he went door-to-door three times. Smoke. And right. So it, it just shows, just look at history. Work hard, raise money, and Chris didn't have a a, a, a hundred thousand dollars nope. behind him. No, and he took out a thirty six year incumbent or thirty whoever it was. He had a lot and of so, shoe leather, a lot of shoe leather. Hey, but he still raised a lot of money, and he also that. raised a lot of money. Yep, but not not a hundred grand. Really, no, no, not nearly. Well, you know, he 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 raised it. But he sent it wisely. Yes. You know, so I just wanted to put my two cents in, Chris, because I was just sitting back here and I had the biggest Cheshire cat grin on my face because <laughs> I said, wow, are you, you know, you're just so far out of touch with how you win elections. Because it's even difficult nowadays to push the vote out the door like you could in the in the old days with the phone banks. Absolutely. Because nobody answers, nobody answers the phones. Everybody's got a cell phone, not a landline. It's it's completely changed. You need to have serious money because you you just can't you can't earn the contact like you used to be able to earn it. You used to be able to earn the contact. Now you got to buy it. It's just a reality. And and social media plays a big role in it now. Right. Right. You know, and you so got to have money, and you got to have skills. Yep, you have a great night, Thanks, Chris. Mike. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Be well, my friend. Thank you for the call. Yeah, look, my my point is, and, and really, I didn't, I, uh, I, I don't want to uh, trash Bob McConnell. I appreciate the fact that the guy's running for office. More people ought to do that. More people ought to do it. But the reality of it is that is that you got to you got to work at it, and you got to work smart. You've got to work smart. You've you've got to. Um, you know, there's a lot to be said for the fact that the pandemic has changed everything. And I know that that seems like a cliche. It gets repeated all the time. But really, as far as a campaigner goes, I don't even know about door knocking anymore. You know, that used to be, I worked a million campaigns. And we always, it was knocking doors, knock doors, knock doors, right? I don't even know if people accept that anymore. Would you feel comfortable having someone knock on your door? Would you feel comfortable knocking on people's doors? Would you want to go door to door to door? Would you feel comfortable in, in in this age doing that? I don't know. I don't know. It's a great way to campaign. And as Mike said, um, the telephone. People don't answer the phone like they used to. So it's harder to get the phone numbers than they used to be. So the, the things that we used to do, right, back in my day, right, the things we used to do to earn people's votes, it's very difficult. Now, you have to, you have to buy it. You have to come in to WBSM and sit down and... Get a radio contract. You have to buy radio ads. You've got to go buy uh, direct mail. It's just, you know, how are you going to reach? Think about yourself. How often does someone knock on your door? How often does someone call you on the phone? And do you want them to? Right? You're right now listening to the radio, but if someone ran an ad, you'd be forced to listen to it, right? That's what you have to do. You have to buy, buy your way into people's hearts and minds. 
508-996-0500. Tell you get on the air. I'll be right back. Ms. McCarthy. Um, Marcus is not in tonight. He's, he's, uh, he uh, has the, uh, the weekend off. He went for a wedding. It's not his own, but he went to a wedding. So um, tomorrow I'll be back um, at 7 o'clock, and we're going to be joined by Maureen Boyle. As I mentioned to you in the first hour and yesterday, Maureen's an author. Many of you remember her. She started her career at the Standard Times. She's a professor now over at uh, Stonehill College, journalism. And um, Maureen has written a book on the New Bedford Highway serial killer, Shallow Graves, fascinating book. Remember, she wrote the very first story about the missing girls before we knew they were dead and they were just missing. Back in the 80s, she wrote that story. One of the police officers, she's got a, we'll talk more about it tomorrow night with her. Um, it's a fascinating story that one of the police officers she knew said, there's something wrong. There's something going on. We have these missing girls. And, of course, it turns out we had a serial killer. Dumping the bodies right on Route 140, primarily Route 140, 195 as well. But we'll talk with more with them. Um, Maureen Boyle tomorrow night. Uh, check out her book, Shallow Graves. You can find it online. Uh, really, I can't recommend it enough. And then her other book is called The Ghost. Stick around for that. The Ghost tomorrow night. We'll be talking about that. That is the story of a man who was living in this area. He murdered a police officer in Pennsylvania. He escaped back to New Bedford where he proceeded to live in New Bedford and in Dartmouth for the rest of his life while he was on America's most wanted list. While the FBI had him on the top 10 list, he was living in his own home, his wife's home, in New Bedford and and then ultimately in Dartmouth. He lived out his entire life. He died at the house. They buried him in the backyard. I was there when they exhumed the body. Myself, Taylor Cormie, we were all there. They pulled him out of a rubber-made container. He was buried in the backyard. So she's written a book about that. I mean, it's still a fascinating story. How does somebody live in their own house after murdering a police officer and being on America's Most Wanted, the top ten list? The FBI supposedly all over the place looking for this guy, and he's at home. It's a fascinating story. So it's called The Ghost. You can read that book as well. You can get it online, The Ghost, by Maureen Boyle. We'll talk more more Maureen tomorrow. Um... 508 996 how you can get on the program um, today. We have been um, talking a little bit about uh, <clears throat> the appearance with the sheriff yesterday, right? The sheriff is being sued. You're being sued. The taxpayers of Bristol County are being sued by a group of um, former incarcerated uh, inmates. These inmates are not your run-of-the-mill inmates. They were actually in the country illegally. Or had overstayed their, and there's varying degrees of, of of their of their criminality regarding their immigration status. Some had come here legally and overstayed, which seems to be the common way it happens, right? Some had completely snuck into the country. <clears throat> Other people actually were in there because they had come legally and were living here and had never gotten their citizenship done right, and then they committed some sort of a crime and they were going to be deported. But nonetheless, they're in the immigration jail of the sheriff. And there was a riot. It had to do with COVID-19. They tore up the jail. It's incredible. And now they're suing the jail. They're suing the taxpayers of Bristol County, the sheriff, 
because the corrections officer over there, the illegal aliens don't think they don't like the way they were treated by the corrections officer during the riot. <laughs> I swear to God, can you imagine? It's bad enough to riot. Now you want to get paid? Not a bad gig, I guess, if you can get it. 508-996-0500. Let me see. I have one phone line open if you'd like to get through, and then we'll go to the phones. But really, I've been reading some of the court papers on who these people are exactly that are suing you for $10 million. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Thanks for calling. Hey, Chris. It's Sam. How hey, are buddy. You? Good. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there. Hanging in there. Um, yeah, and that's that's kind of crazy. I heard him call in today, too. Uh like this afternoon, he was talking to uh, who the heck was that? Brian. It was Brian. Yeah, yes, he was filling in for uh, Barry. Right. And uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. I mean, I mean, I was like thinking, why would he even take the chance of talking on a radio if he's a, <laughs> in a lawsuit like that? You know, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think that's the best advice to you. I don't. I don't. I um. I can imagine that that the uh, sheriff's lawyers, the Commonwealth's lawyers. Um, took a copy of the podcast we made last night with him, and probably <laughs> probably a copy of the one that, that was made today. I mean, that, it's I, it's public I guarantee record. Guarantee that, <laughs> right? Guarantee that. Yeah, kind of crazy. Um, yeah, the, you know the way to go is hybrid. Um, I don't know why they're not pushing hybrid and and uh, trying to. I mean, just th- think of Hawthorne Medical. Think of being able to having to put in charging stations at every parking space space at Hawthorne, or let's say even. Every fourth parking space, they got to dig up the entire parking lot, run these pretty large underground cables, because if they're going to charge them within an hour, they need like a 50-amp charger, which is a pretty good-sized wire. Um, it's probably like three times, four times the thickness of your regular household wire. Um, so it, it's just not something that's going to... And then, and then they need power to supply that. They're going to need some kind of huge um, power supply to get to that almost like a whole separate power room um, just to run the charging stations out in the parking lot. And then how do you pay for it, right? Well, that, that, that's what it comes down to, right? I mean, is, is it ultimately going to be cost-effective? I know that gasoline is very expensive right now, and so we're focused on that. But can they make it so it's a lot cheaper with electricity? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, the hybrid, what's nice about the hybrid is that when you're driving it, it automatically... What? Oh, Sam, give me a call back. I think you you, you broke off. The um, the um, look. I, I mean, I'm not one of these anti-electric cars or anti-hybrid at all, right? I mean, if you can do it, fantastic. Um, but I do recognize that electric cars are expensive right now. They're not um, they're not where they're going to be. Okay, no technology is where it's going to be. I don't think, right? I mean, you think about all the different things that you've you've had over the years. Look, we can all remember our first cell phone, right? Or someone we knew a cell phone, right? It was in a bag. You know, it cost like $10 to make a phone call. Remember those? Now you got unlimited minutes on your phone, right? It's got more, you've got more computing power than the, than the space shuttle had when it first took off, right? You've got something like that in your iPhone. I mean, it's incredible. So things do evolve. But I do like my, my combustible engine. I do like the reliability of a gasoline engine right now. Do I want to trade that for for a car that you know that has to be charged? I don't know. We we know the infrastructure isn't ready yet. You know, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. If you'd like to call, I do have two open phone lines now. 
Good evening. Thanks for calling. Akati. Hey. This is Johnny One Note. How What's are you? Good. What's going on, my man? Akati, think about this. You know you know who's laughing? Bark, stock, and barrel right now? Who's that? The owners of electric cars. Think about having a car that you never, ever, ever have to pull into a gas station. Oh, beautiful. And pay for gas. Can you imagine that? I know someone has those. Can you imagine it? I see them on the boat every day. People, you know, these Teslas, they got some damn nice cars. Man. They are nice, right? Oh, man. They, they're full of technology. Some of them drive themselves, actually. You know, I mean, I wanted to buy one a couple of years back. You know, it was, I, I couldn't get one for a payment that I was comfortable with. Right. But thinking back, had I bought it then and wasn't paying for the gas, what I'm paying now, right. I would have been paying for itself many times over. These guys laugh when they drive by gas stations, you sticking in a nozzle and then, and you're sending, you know, all that money overseas. These guys are laughing at you. Think about it. A car that you never have to put gasoline in. Now, I, th- there are some drawbacks. Like, if you was to drive across country, it would kind of be a, a hassle because you've got to find places to charge. And right. Stop and I look, you know, you know my, my, one, my one problem with that, Johnny, is who's driving across country, really? Like, in the scheme of things. That's what right? I was going to say. When's the last time you drove across country? Right. Never. <laughs> no, never. I drive to Cape Cod three times a week. Right. You know, it's 150 miles a week. There's some savings there, you know? But, uh, no, I'm telling you, it's the way to go. So Now, you know something so, about cars and engines, things like that. What do you? What about the, um, not not the reliability, I don't know if that's the way to put it, but what about the, the maintenance, the mechanical, you know, the, the, the budget that you're going to spend on the maintenance of electric cars, things like that? Do you know much about that? I don't. I don't know much about the maintenance, but, I mean, how much maintenance can there be? Well, that's what, I, that's what I've heard, that there isn't much. There's either one or two electric motors on it and a stack of batteries. Right. That's what I've heard, yeah. You know what I mean? There's, there's not much. You, you don't have gearboxes that need lubrication. Uh, you know, you, you know you, your, average, your, your average car, God, you've got to have a few hundred thousand moving parts in those things. Right. You've got to. You've got to. And every time you get in it and you roll down the road, you're wearing those parts out. You know? So I, I, I think it's an intelligent way to go myself. I mean, think about it. Everybody, all this gas you're paying for, okay, it's gone down, and I want to thank Joe Biden for lowering the price of gasoline. He obviously must be responsible for lowering it because he was responsible for jacking it up. That's what I say. Listen, when you're the president, you get the credit and the blame. It's, it's impossible right. to, I mean, that's just the way it goes. You, you know, and, and you get the credit and you get the blame. But think about doing all your driving, and the only thing you're paying for is your car payment. You're not paying for gas. You're not paying for oil changes. You're not paying for any of that stuff. You know? Right. But, and the oil changes no. are expensive these days. Because no, you can't do them yourself anymore. No. No. You can, well, it, well it's some people can, but right. it's not cost-effective to do it yourself right. anymore. You're better off paying, you know, $60, whatever it is now, to let them do it in, you know, 10 minutes. You know, you get out there, you jack the car up, you're laying on the ground underneath the car. I mean, nah, listen, it's not even worth it. <laughs> they can't pay them the 60 bucks to do it. The oil alone is $30 just for the oil. Right. You know, at least. But think about, if you look around you, Ken, we are getting away from oil, and we're doing it quickly. 
Well, that, that's my point. No, Johnny, that's my point, is that things that happen, they're moving fast. They're moving fast. Now, you know where I live. Right? Oh, yeah. If I if, if I took my drone and I put it up in the air and I fly it around the neighborhood, you would see acres and acres and acres of land that is gone, and there is solar panels around everywhere. Right. right. So they built right behind my house, down through the woods there, they put in quite a few acres of solar panels. And I saw the guy, because they had to use the dirt road next to my house to get there. I saw the guy out there one day, and I stopped him. I said, dude, I said, you're ruining all my hunting territory. <laughs> you know? Right. And we talked about it. I'm saying, you know what the guy did to He said, listen. He said, it can be kind of an inconvenience for the people who live here forever. He says, I'll tell you what I'm doing. He said, I'm going to give you this number. He says, you give these give this people a call. He says, we'll put you, go, go through our solar panels. He says, uh, we'll hook you up on a plan. He says, we'll save you some money. All right. Hey, Johnny, call me back in the next hour. I'm up against the. I'm up against. Hold, call me right back. We'll be right back, folks. 1420 WBS. Tonight, I'm Chris McCarthy. Um, normally, I'm joined by Marcus Ferris. At Marco, Marcus Ferris at this time, I got all messed up on that last name. On the uh, when we had the the caller Marco, but now Marcus is normally here with me on uh, weeknights, seven to ten. South Coast tonight, uh, but he's, he's at a wedding, so he won't be here tonight or tomorrow. But we're taking your calls right through to 10 o'clock at 508-996-0500. I have one open phone line now. If you'd like to give me a call, you can. We're just um, talking a little bit about electric cars and um, the prospect of electric cars. There's a lot there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot on the table, but there's, a, there's an editorial from yesterday's Boston Globe talking about, and saying, look, you don't have to agree with the editorials, but sometimes they have some nice nuggets in there of information. They're talking about the fact that there's a plan that we don't sell cars after 2000 and, you see, 2035, all right, that all cars will be non-gas powered in Massachusetts, okay? Now, does that mean your gas power car will be outlawed i don't believe so i don't believe so but it could be i mean it could be through the emissions things like that right i mean there are cars now you can't get on the road because of emissions things like that right um so it's 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 possible but i'd like not to have it go that draconian way right you'd like to have it be a function of voluntary 